Life is about family, knowledge, money, overcoming hardship, building character, all these things, possessions, friends, and popularity. Some would say romance or spirituality. But I've noticed something, that Christmas actually amplifies these things into just a few days. So instead of people saying, the meaning of life is happiness, they'll say, oh, the meaning of Christmas is being merry and being jolly. Or instead of success, it's about having the best Christmas ever. Overcoming hardship as to celebrating the hardships overcome in the last year. Building character, we give possessions, we give presents. Friends and popularity, we throw massive Christmas parties and we're with our friends. As opposed to romance, it's having a Christmas lover, you know. Under the mistletoe on Christmas Day. That's what Christmas is about. But you know what? How far we have missed the mark on the meaning of life and the meaning of Christmas. Because in the same way that Christmas amplifies, amplifies the world's view of the meaning of life, Christmas actually, in heaven's perspective, amplifies the true meaning of life. That Jesus was God. He became a man for us, to die for us. And he is, he's holy and he's wonderful and he's superior to everything. But he became a man. And so this question comes up. Why would someone so great, so powerful, stoop so low to lift us so high? Why would he humble himself so much? Think about that. Why would God become a man, be born in a stable, not even in a real room, a cave, then die on a cross. Is it just so we can go to heaven? No, it's actually deeper than that. It's because he desires you. He desires you to be with him forever. That's why he did it. He loves you. He desires you to be with him. And so, I'm a pastoral apprentice, right? And I've I've come to decide that my life preaching goal should always push people into intimacy with God. It should inspire you to run to Jesus. My goal today is to make you curious enough to when you go home, you go in your room and you shut the door and you truly ask yourself, what do you think of Jesus? And you ask God to reveal himself to you. To be curious enough to go and taste and see for yourself, despite reading the books, despite the, the sermons, the, the knowledge, the reason, to actually go to God and find out for yourself, to taste and see. And so the most important thing that you could hear all week is not what I'm about to tell you. It's about the potential of you going home and hearing the voice of the Father. And that is the only place you will ever discover for yourself the meaning of life. So today, we'll look at what the Bible says about Jesus being the meaning of life. For if Jesus is the meaning of life, then by Jesus all things are answered. So, John chapter 1. We're going to look at the first verse, not even the whole thing though. 
because it's so gnarly. <laughs> the Word. That's what we're going to look at. In the beginning was the Word. So Jesus is the answer to life because He is the Word. So, here's John, the writer of John, obviously. And when he writes, in the beginning was the Word, there's two audiences that, audiences that are actually reading this. There's the Greeks and the Jews. And the Word, the title of the Word, is significant to both of them. For the Jewish people, when they hear the Word, they think of the Old Testament. Because uh, both... Jesus and the Bible, they reveal God's heart and mind. That's why they're both called the Word. So both Jesus and the Bible are called the Word because they both amplify God. They both reveal God to man. They both point to Him. But to the Greeks, the Greek readers, the the translation is lo logos. I don't know how to say that with a Greek accent. You Canadian, you Canadians say it, lo logos, but then my parents say it, lo logos. And so I'm just confused as to how to call whatever, yeah. So, Heroclitus, Heroclitus, however you say it. This dude, he is known as the first philosopher, the first scientist. And he was a Greek guy. And he set out to discover the reason why. And he would teach his students to search out the reason why things are the way they are. So, lologos became the term used for when thinkers would make hypotheses, hypotheses, uh, theories. They would set out to find why the universe reacts the way it does. And so, the definition of lologos would be to find the supreme reason why. So remember that title, the supreme reason why. And so here's John. And we all know the first line of a paper or a story or an essay is always the hardest to write. Am I, is that true? Yes, it's hard to write the first line. And so John, after all that he's seen, after all he's experienced, he goes, okay, I'm going to write my gospel. He goes, sits down with his feather you know? And, and he's thinking, how do I start this? How do I start this gospel? Like, seriously, think about, what do you call this Jesus, the God-man? He was God. He became man. He did all these miracles. They crucified him. And then he raises from the dead. What do you call this guy? Like, he was uncreated, he always existed. By him, all things came into being. But before that, he was always there. So what do you call this Jesus? And then I can just imagine John sitting there, and then the Holy Spirit gives him the answer. Call him La or Lo Logos. Call him the supreme reason why. And so the He is the supreme reason why. Jesus is the answer to all questions. He is the purpose of everything. So what John is saying here is that Jesus is the answer as to why it is all here. God made it all for Jesus, and Jesus will inherit it all. Verse 4, we're going to skip down a little bit. In Him was life, 
and that life, and the life was the light of man. That's John 1.4. So let's look at that first part, the life. Jesus is the answer to fulfillment in life. So again here, in the Greek, the word life has two words for us, of just one word, but they have two words for life. The first one is suke life. And that is the life that is on all humans and animals. And the second word is zoe life. So zoe, your, your name's actually zoe. So you can go, hi zoe, after the service. <laughs> and this, this zoe life is actually supernatural life that only comes through relationship with Jesus. And Jesus created them both. He created both suke life, that is the breath within us, and, and the breath that's in animals. But he also created the zoe life. And that is what actually fills the void within us. It, it satisfies the deepest cry of the human heart. Jesus, the zoe life he offers. And we try to satisfy ourselves with so many things in the natural. But the reality is, that we were created with a spirit man. With, with a spirit man that can only be satisfied with the Zoe life that Jesus offers. And so Christmas, that big long list of Christmas is about success, happiness, whatever. That's us trying to fill ourselves with things that won't satisfy. And they're all good. Like I'm not, I'm not bashing Santa Claus, but, but we kind of try to pull that into us and try to fulfill that void the inner spirit man that only Jesus can fulfill. So Jesus is the answer to fulfillment and purpose and satisfaction in life. Let's look at the second half there. Life was the light of man. In him was life and the life was the light of man. So, light of man. What does that mean? The light of man is the living, I think this is on a slide, it is the living, developing element in the universe that shows God to man. And so God is revealed absolutely in Jesus Christ. Absolutely in Jesus Christ, God is revealed to us. And the Zoe life is a product of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So the light and the life, you got to put them together. Because Jesus is the light and the Zoe life is is through him and it's because Jesus reveals the Father to us. Jesus reveals God to us only through him. And and we become satisfied when God is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the answer to the revealing of God to man. Jesus is the answer. Verse 5. John 1, 5. Yeah. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Wow. I just can't even read that without getting the, the heebie-jeebies. It's so good. I'll read it again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the answer. Sorry. Jesus is the light 
that answers all of our darkness. You see, where the light shines and is accepted and agreed with, it overpowers all darkness. Does that make sense? You've got to turn the lights on to make darkness flee. And so last year, in January, we're doing it again this year, but last year in January, our church did 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so it was this intentional 21 days where people would put aside extra time than usual to pray and, and to seek God and know Him and, and all the great stuff that that entails. And so through this 21 days, it, it started with the prayer room um, that was open from 7 a.m. to 11, and I spent a lot of time in there. And, man, every single day of that 21 days, I would pray and I would just focus on Jesus and, and His light would actually shine on my heart. And I, I knew there was something wrong with me. I knew I had darkness in me, and I knew I had this sin that I had to deal with. But I did not know the roots, and I did not know how to uplift all that. And I just felt weighed down and burdened by it. But as I prayed, I just felt the Holy Spirit just convict me and, and tell me, like, Davey, what about this? What about this here in your life? And then I'd be like, well, snap. I got to get rid of that. Like, I got to, I got to, <laughs> I got to let God in. I got to let light in so I can love God more. So I can be free from my darkness. And I can have that life he offers me. And so every day was just, Davey, what about this? Davey, what about this? And what God was doing was he wasn't just getting rid of the, like if there's a stream that's full of garbage. He wasn't just pulling the garbage out. He was actually going upstream to the garbage dump and ripping that whole garbage dump out so that nothing would flow down the stream. Like you weed a garden, you, you take out all the weeds from your garden. That was every day of that 21 days for me. And by the end, it was the most beautiful moment. By the end of that 21 days, I was just alone with God. I go in my garage and I lock the door so no one will distract me. And I was just at the end of myself. And I don't know if anyone can relate to me about being at the end of themselves when you have nothing more to give. And it's a beautiful place to be because I was just, I was beautifully broken. All the darkness in me had been shone on with Jesus' light. And I was honestly, this is embarrassing, but not at all, I was weeping. I was just crying because I was so in love with God. And I was just so, just at the end of myself. And this is a beautiful place to be. This is actually the most beautiful place you can ever be in, I think, in this side of eternity. On your face before the cross. When you've given it all to Jesus. When there's just nothing left you're just totally free and you're like, God, I give up. <laughs> I'm going to live fully for you. His light just permeates in. So um, I'll invite the worship band up at this time. And uh, so to, to get rid of darkness, you got to let light in. 
to get rid of darkness, you've got to let light in. And if this light is focused on, if this light is focused on and applied, then it is superior to, to everything that exists. This element is superior to everything that exists. And so what I want to tell you today is that it doesn't matter what your darkness is. Jesus' light is stronger. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to. Jesus is the answer. It doesn't matter how angry you are, how depressed you are, how anxious you are, how unsatisfied in this life you feel. It doesn't matter how small you think you are, what your image of yourself is, your guilt. None of it. None of it. None of it is more powerful than the light of Jesus. And I, I just, we got to flick the lights on. And we got to go into that place where, where Jesus' light can shine into our hearts. Because Jesus is the answer to our darkness. So I'm, I want to ask you today, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with this that you've just heard? And whether you're, you're, wherever you're at with Christian, non-Christian, whatever, how long you've been a Christian, what you're feeling in your heart right now is this desire that, the Holy, that, that you want to be with God. And that desire actually never leaves. And the Holy Spirit is pulling you. He's saying, come. Come into the secret place. Come spend time with me. Come know me. Let, let yourself... Let, sorry. Let him satisfy you with revelation of God through Jesus. Let the light in so darkness can vanish. And I think it would be really unfortunate, to say the least... It would be absolutely terrible if you were to live your whole life merely accepting God, merely accepting and there's something up there, but with missing the purpose of life, without being passionate and zealous for Jesus, because He is the purpose of life. To live life in love with Jesus. And so... He must consume all your thoughts. He must. He must permeate into every single area of your life. Your life must be shaped by this intense desire to please God. That's why I wasn't nervous at all today. I was like, I'm just going to please God. I'm just going to, like, I'm just going to tell the truth. And I know God's pleased with me. And I'm just doing what He told me to do. Nothing else matters. I'm totally free from what ev everyone in the world thinks because I know my God loves me and I know Jesus loves me and I have a relationship with Him. And so don't miss this chance. Don't, don't live your whole life missing this opportunity to know God. Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of our day, saved thousands of people. Thousands. He's spoken. He was the only one to fill up the stadium, the Olympic Stadium in L.A. Only one ever to max out all the seats preaching the gospel. And he's in his late 90s, like really late 90s. And he's releasing some gnarly statements. Like these statements are crazy. 
And one of them was, he said, my biggest regret in life was not praying more. And that totally makes sense. Because our purpose in life is Jesus. To know him. Because he desires to be with us forever. And he wants to start now. He wants to start now. He wants to know you today. He wants you to come into his presence today. So go into the secret place. We need to come to Jesus as the purpose of everything and receive him in that way. We need to live with passion and love for Jesus to receive the Zoe life that only he offers. So just close your eyes right now. Just before God, if you would like to, this Christmas, go back to what it's all about. To reflect on Jesus and his love for you. To let him answer everything in your life. To let him be the supreme truth. To let him be the supreme reason why. To let him satisfy you. Let's just run together as, as a church this Christmas, pursuing God. Above everything else, above the season, above whatever. Let's remember why Jesus actually came. And maybe, maybe you, you want to give your life to Jesus today. Or maybe you feel that you've strained. You strained from the flock. You strayed. Let's just pray this together. Jesus, I give you my life. I'm yours. You have all my affection, Jesus. There's nothing more significant in my life that I could ever do but surrender everything to you and to know you. God, I pray that you would help me say no to things this Christmas season so that I can spend more time with you. Lord, I pray you'd give me a curiosity to go and be in the secret place and to actually open up the Bible for myself and see what it says. God, I pray that I would learn how to feed myself. Father, I pray that you'd give us a desire to love you more, even if it's insignificant at first. I know you see every single act of love that we give you. When we choose to believe that you are the answer, that is an act of love and you, you, rejo- you rejoice over it and you're so proud of us. God, I thank you that you are the answer. Your son Jesus is the answer. I pray we would not forget that this morning. In your name, amen.
It's just for one second. You know, I'm, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we have such a, an amazing band and worship leaders. I don't think in the last two weeks, I think we've had uh, maybe, I, I can't remember the last time where we've actually 